Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Welcome. My name is Caroline Moasasi, and I'm FACT's Roundtable podcast host. I'm honored to take on this role with FACT, as I'm also a passionate allergy and asthma advocate on the national and international level, a parent of children with food allergies, and the founder of GratefulFoodie.com. Thank you for joining us today for FACT's Roundtable podcast. Today, we're going to talk about our students who had their middle, high school, and college senior years abruptly ended. We're going to explore how to better understand what they're going through and how to support these young adults. Emery Gewertz, a native of New Jersey, has been heavily involved in the food allergy community for over 10 years. Emery began her collaboration with FACT as a volunteer teen counselor for FACT's Camp Tag when it launched in 2010 and was a counselor every summer in our New Jersey location through 2018. She also has been a teen leader for FACT's Teen Retreat for the past six years. Emery holds a Bachelor's of Science in Public Health and a Concentration in Health Communication from the College of New Jersey and a Master's of Arts in School Psychology from Rowan University. Since graduation, Emery has worked to develop health programs in inner city schools, as well as held several small groups on mental health management. Emery is currently pursuing her education specialist degree to become a certified school psychologist. Welcome, Emery. We're so happy to have you here today. Thank you, Caroline. I'm so excited to be here. We're going to jump right in. Schools globally have been disrupted by COVID-19, but there are two groups of students who are experiencing an extra challenge. These are the eighth graders, high school and college seniors who are looking forward to graduation, and the current high school and college freshmen who are still adjusting and finding their stride. As proms and events and graduations are being canceled or rescheduled, how do we as parents make it right for our students? So that's a really great question, and I'm happy that you asked it. But my best takeaway for that is that there is no right response. We're not going to be able to make it right for our children. We're not going to be able to make things right for our seniors. What happened, happened. So we need to acknowledge that it did. And if we acknowledge that it did, then we can move on from that. Uh, We need to exercise resilience during this time. And resilience just means the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties or that toughness of character that one might possess. And we need to be resilient parents. We need to be resilient people during this time. And the thing that makes resilient people different is that they see change as an opportunity, not as this big monster, not of this fear. Change just as an opportunity, an opportunity to do something new, an opportunity to look at something a different way, an opportunity to, you know, change what those special events mean, whether it be graduations or proms. And so I'd really like to see parents sort of step into that resilience and that'll be what shifts it for our kids. All right. So as a parent, what 
tips could you give us on resilience? So what would you say to a parent right now on how to embrace that resilience and to teach it and bring it into the home? Sure. I think that building resilience is first and foremost, just a different way to look at stress. So some of us look at stress and we see it as a threat, but resilient people see it as a challenge because stress is in the mind of the beholder. We all can view stress differently. Um, so either this event can overwhelm us, take us over, or we can turn it into an occasion that we can rise above and conquer. So if you're going to turn it into a, an occasion that you can rise above and conquer, we got to lower that stress. We can't see this as a threat. We have to look at ways that we can care for ourselves and our children in new ways, whether that's taking breathers, whether that's um, if you have younger children, maybe doing a guided meditation or yoga in the morning, talking to your children openly about what this new time means, talking to your children openly that we might not always make the right choice or do the right thing, and that's okay. It's how we move on from that, and that's resilience. Thank you. That was very, very enlightening. So would you also suggest possibly scheduling in family meetings around this resilience and working toward that positive outcome? Absolutely. And not just family meetings about resilience, but also family meetings about feelings. Uh, too often we shelter our feelings or we hide it. And our students, especially seniors um, in middle school, high school, college, they might be afraid to talk to you uh, about how they're feeling because they might think that you'll think they're overreacting. Should I really be so upset that prom is canceled? Should I really be so upset that I can't go to my sorority, fraternity, formal, or walk for graduation? They might be really angry, or they might be acting out in this time. Or on the flip side, you might be concerned why they aren't being upset, that they're actually kind of happy. And all of these feelings are fine. We're all going to deal with change differently. Maybe your child actually likes being at home, needed a break from friends, needed a break from whatever was happening at school. So they're actually welcoming this time. We need to validate that too. And then if your students really are, or children are forlorn or they're upset, we have to validate that. So that would be a great opportunity to engage in a family meeting. Talk about your feelings because you might even find that as a parent, you're more upset about these missed milestones than your kids are. And that's okay too. So we have the opportunity now to have family meals, family game nights, family meetings to really discuss these issues that are sort of at the forefront of all of our minds. Do you have any tips for how parents can open and start those conversations on how students are feeling right now? Yes. And this is a common question that we get because teens especially are at that age where, you know, it's walking on ice. They either want to open up to you or they don't. But my advice is a simple piece of advice, which is just ask. I think a lot of the times we're afraid and there isn't a certain set of things that you have to ask, you can just say, hey, I wanted to talk about your feelings today. Do you have some time to talk? Or I know this time is really hard. You were really looking forward to that event. Do you want to talk about it? And try out that. I think that parents out there will actually be pleasantly surprised the way that their kids will open up to them if given the space. And especially in this time when we're looking to connect with each other like never before. Very true. We are really looking how to connect with each other and, and it's a little tough to come up with some new habits. So I appreciate your insight. Do you have any tips for creating a low stress class time and study environment at home? 
this is imperative for a time like this because our houses aren't set up, most of us, for a learning environment. They're not set up as a school. So the best tip I have for making it a stress-free environment is to pick a space and stick with it. It doesn't have to be your kid's bedroom. It could be your basement. It could be your back porch. Have them pick a space they like because ultimately if they don't like the space that they're being forced to study in, forced to attend, you know, synchronous classes, they're not going to be happy. So pick a space and have that be the consistent space because in school there is consistencies, there's routines, there's patterns. You always know, you know, that fifth period English is in the red wing or whatever it is. So we need to sort of create that at home as well. And then the space needs to be organized. Maybe that's a project that you and your kid could do together or they can do themselves. But tidying up, having an organized space that's set apart is really important. And then with that, sticking to a schedule. Uh, Whether your kid knows it or not, schedules are actually so beneficial. Humans like routines. We get used to them. We like them. So ultimately, we need to stick to a schedule and get that routine back in check, even though it's going to look a little different. And then lastly, to make it as low stress as possible, let your student, let your kid take a break. Let them go for a walk. Let them text their friend. You have to remember that during the real school year, they're not just sitting in one place all day long. They're constantly getting up, whether it's to switch classes or go to lunch or take PE, whatever it is, they're not stagnant all day. They do talk to their friends. They get a little bit of free time where they can turn around and maybe their best friend sits beside them in class, or maybe they can walk next to uh, one of their friends on their way to the next class. So don't be upset if they want to send a quick text or call a friend. You need to give your students these kind of breaks because that will give them the momentum to keep going because this is not only, it's not homeschooling, it's crisis schooling, and that's different. We're in a crisis situation and we're all learning as we go. So we need to give our children that grace to learn as they go. I think that's a easy area to overlook, you know, forgetting you're right, they're moving around all day long and now they're just sitting. Thank you for that insight. For our freshman students, how is this pandemic shaping their freshman year? So similarly like seniors, you have the beginning and you have the ending. Not to say those middle years aren't important, but there's something special about walking in a building for the first time and walking out the building for last time. So for the freshmen, sports, school plays, connections that are new, it doesn't take, it doesn't always take, should I say, three months to make a friend. Sometimes it takes a whole year to make a friend. They're in transition just as much as people leaving are in transition. And periods of transition are notoriously difficult times for anybody. They're grappling with, still, even though we're on the second half of the year, grappling with what kind of clubs they want to join, who are their real friends, So it is going to shape their experience because they got that ripped away from them. Luckily, they'll get a soft restart next year when they all become sophomores, whether that's in college or whether that's in high school. So we're really going to have to give a lot of support to the incoming sophomore class who are learning how to learn on different scale, whether that's they're learning how to beef up that coursework for college or just getting used to the ground of high school. That's all shifting this semester because there are kids out there with different kind of home lives, with parents that are maybe even on the front lines during this crisis that don't have the time to 
plug into it. Plus, at this age, they're they're expected to be independent. So I think there's going to be a lot of TLC that's going to be needed next year. And we, again, sort of similar to how I said before, we need to give extra care and grace to our returning sophomore students in the fall who really got upended when, you know, COVID-19 happened. So Emory, what do you think the difference is in loss and transition and challenges between a high school freshman and a high school senior? Two very different times. One is wrapping up, one is just beginning. Can you explain those differences and maybe offer some tips on how to manage these two very different areas? These are two extremely pivotal points in life. On the freshman side, you have people that maybe are just finally at this point in the year forming their friend group. Maybe they've started a sport or they've been waiting all year for the spring sport that they wanted to join or the spring musical. Um, And they've been waiting and waiting to do this. And finally they have their group and and they're out and they're hanging out and they feel free and like an adult. They've lost freedom from this. When you go into high school, you feel like an adult. Of course, you're not an adult, but it's that first taste of freedom. It's that first taste of choice. Perhaps for some, it's that first taste of getting to hang out after school or starting to get to go places on their own with their friends. Um, And now they're stuck at home. They've lost freedom. And on the flip side, seniors, they're not going to have a chance the way freshmen are to come back through those doors again. Freshmen, luckily, they're going to get a soft reset next year as a sophomore. Yes, they lost things. Yes, it won't be the same. But ultimately, they're going to get to come back and they're going to get to try again. Seniors might not. They've lost their last baseball game. They've last lost their senior prom. They've lost potentially walking at graduation, wearing that cap and gown, getting handed their diploma by the principal. They've lost hugging their friends goodbye. They've lost the feeling of knowing it was the last time. That got ripped from them because for many of us, we didn't know it was going to be the last time in the school building. So while there is loss on both sides, um, they're different. They're different, beginnings and endings. Emery, can you speak to that freshman experience and senior experience for college students? Because I know that's very different. It is different, and for good reason, because for some of these freshmen, they've moved away. They're in Michigan, but they live in New Jersey, or they're in Connecticut, but they're from Arizona. You know, they've gone all over the country to study finally something they've picked for themselves, something that they're passionate about. And maybe they they moved in, they got settled, they were getting into the swing of things, similar to how freshmen in high school are, but on a much more amplified level just to be forced to move home again. So I would say it still falls into that loss of freedom category, just as they're starting to get a true taste of what it means to be a real adult on your own, away from uh, constant support. And support is amazing, but we also need our kids and our students to have the chance to spread out a little bit and learn things for themselves. And the seniors too, they might never be going back to school again. Or with that, you have first-generation students who are going to be walking and getting a college diploma for the first time, the only ones in their family to do that. Or they're moving back to Florida, but they went to school in Louisiana, and they're not going to see these people again. They're not going to get to meet up at a coffee shop when this is all over and 
laugh and cry and embrace, they've flown states away. Maybe they don't have the money to fly back out there. Life has changed and there's a more sense of permanent loss in that. Emery, do you have any tips for dealing with this great sense of loss? Yes, that's really important. And the best thing I can say about this is that we're grieving. We as a country are grieving. We as a nation are grieving. But our freshmen and seniors in high school and college, they're grieving too. They're grieving what could have been. They're grieving the life we had. They're maybe grieving their routine or they're grieving missing the people that they would see day to day. And there isn't a better word for it than grief. And it's a process that we're going to have to walk through. Uh, Memories that could have been lost memories that just didn't happen, didn't come to pass. You didn't get to go to your prom. You didn't get to walk for graduation and missed milestones because maybe they'll never happen. And within that grief, we have to acknowledge that it happened. We have to recognize that we've missed something. We have to recognize that this wasn't the way it was supposed to go. But after you recognize it, we have to say, how are we going to go forward in this? And that can be a discussion with your friends. That can be a discussion with your family. Maybe you need to journal out your feelings um, to really process it. But you have to recognize that you actually did miss something, that you're not overreacting, that your feelings are valid. And then only when you really get into the nitty gritty of your feelings and allow yourself to feel the heartbreak or the loss or the grief, then we can move on from that. You mentioned offline the importance of being creative with honoring canceled events such as graduation. Can you help explore that? Absolutely. I think that there's a lot of chances for creativity right now. We're being forced to be creative, whether that's school online or whether that's having dinner with your friends also via video chat or playing online games, which might be something that you didn't do before. We're connecting with people in new ways. And that means we're going to connect with experiences and milestones in new ways too. So whether that's hosting a graduation in your living room or delaying prom and talking to your school board about potentially having some sort of summer dance if this passes by then, we need to be creative about how we can get back together, how we can continue to build community, and how we can honor the fact that these milestones were achieved even though they were missed? How can we really acknowledge and praise that our child did graduate, that they did something amazing, that they made it through high school or they made it through college or or graduate school? We have to celebrate them the way that they would. And that might be creative. That might be calling relatives one by one or making a cake at home, allergen-free, of course, and doing all these different things that might not be how it looked originally but it doesn't matter if it isn't how it looked originally because the class of 2020 is unlike any class that has ever come and hopefully unlike any class that will ever come again. And that means that they're unique. So that can be something that's special. No one else will have graduations in their living room and no one else will probably be going to high school online unless that's something you choose. So we can celebrate the fact that they're unique. We can make it fun. We can do a cap and gown picture with a mask on to remember that not only did you live through the coronavirus, but you also graduated in it. The class of 2020 and really everybody that's in high school and college right now, they've had to adapt like never before. Like we talked about earlier, they've had to show resilience like never before. They've had to learn new technology 
and learn new ways of studying and learn new ways of connecting. And that's going to change them for the better. That's going to make them a generation that can handle anything. That's going to make them a generation that will hopefully go out and change the world. And that's amazing. And as parents and supporters and caretakers, we can celebrate that. Praise is powerful. So let them know how good they're doing and that in the future, there's going to be other big milestones to come. There's going to be more memories to be made. It might be hard to see out into that future because it's so uncertain, but those times will come again. I really appreciate your message of hope, and I am sure our listeners appreciate it even more. Is there anything else you would like to share today? You know, Caroline, the last thing I want to add is that in this time, it's just really important to focus on what we can control versus what we can't. And we can't control really how we are going to respond to this. Maybe you're sad. Maybe you're angry or you're frustrated or every little thing irritates you. Or maybe you're happy. Maybe you're joyous that you're spending more time with your family or that you're getting that much needed rest. Or maybe you're fearful. Maybe you're on the front lines or maybe you're filled with anxiety because the food that you need from the store isn't there and that you can't go out and you can't get that fresh air. There are a myriad of responses to this pandemic that I could go through. And it's important to know that we can't always control our emotions. So we need to really focus on what we can control. And that's our reactions. So when you're reacting out of a place of fear, you can be angry or you can be irritable or you can be distant. And when you react out of a place of hope, you can start to be resilient. You can start to alleviate stress. You can start to face your challenges with a boldness. And I hope that we can all get to that point to develop that resilience, to lower that stress, to accept challenges as an opportunity and move forward with that. Well, thank you for your time today. And we look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you all for listening to Facts Roundtable Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes and be sure to connect with us on social media. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.